Adventure, it's another podcast of K. A huge dude. Whoa, that was not <laughs> Come on now. Cave Crisis. Why are there so many. Is still on this board <laughs> when we I got to get rid of that guy. You sure? <laughs> uh, I, look, Dave can't say anything. Yeah. I'm hoping it'll turn out good. Thanks, Ryan. No. Yeah. Thanks. What? You don't like Ryan? Are you hoping this podcast turns out bad? Oh, no. I do hope it turns out good. <laughs> Because uh, I'm the host, Henry Gilbert, <laughs> of H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter fame. Mm-hmm. I passed 2,800 use, uh, followers. Did you really? Yeah. Henry, take a bow, son. Um, thank you. Great clapping sound effect, co-host Christopher <laughs> Antista. Uh, oh, man, these are too loud. Let me turn them down. Uh, yeah, hi. Hey. Uh, that is Twitter, C A N. T-I-S-T-A. That's right. Mm. And then we're here with uh, our, one of our favorite guests, hey. Dave Rudden. Hello, at Dave Rudden. Yes. I'm on every episode of a podcast on Laser Time this week. Are you really? Yeah, I you hit, the, hit for the cycle. Even uh, even Richie Game? Uh-huh. Wow, you hit the, the quad? The, the Quinn quad? No, Quinn would be five. Quad. Yes. I'm on all five. You're on VG Empire, too? Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. VG Empire's Crazy. Uh, episode about Lords of Thunder and Gates of Thunder, which I know you haven't heard of, mm-hmm. but the music is the ball banginist. It was one of the loosest episodes we've ever done. <laughs> well, it's it's two games, but all the music is ridiculous. Yeah. Like everything you think is hilarious about Blood Dragon, this is like the first game to like really do that when they could do it on a CD. <laughs> it's hysterical. A flight shooter with oh, wailing well, this guitars. Is a, this is a. Uh, like what? theme week for Laser Time, then. It's the Is Five it? Days of Dave. Five Days of Dave? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I should, I should have thought of some kind of joke that I could tie into to all of them. But I didn't. I do like the, the Five Days of Summer. Yeah. The Five Daves of Summer. Mm-hmm. I like Man, that. Dave can work with anything. It is yeah. summertime. Yeah, hot time, summer in the city. And also... It's the only music I have on here. So, uh, no episode last week. Sorry, guys. I did apologize on Twitter for that, too. I'm sorry. You would have seen my apology if you followed me. Uh, but, <laughs> Where's that? Uh, H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. Uh, but yeah, it was, oh, a busy, busy week. And it's uh, it's very busy in our, uh, nor- in our regular jobs. I mean, we're yeah. not going to have... We might not have... Any show. Well, there won't be a Cape Crisis week. next week. I'll just warn you right mm-hmm. now because mm-hmm. I'll be in La La Land soaking it up. Uh, and by it, I mean the sweats and foul odor of other <laughs> games journalists. Do you guys see the uh, How to Dress for E3 article? I heard all about it. It sounded pretty funny. What did they it say? It was like, yeah, if you're a dude, dress like Jun- Justin Timberlake. If you're a, a lady, uh, dress like uh, Zoe Deschanel. Like, here's some hot summer outfits to wear at the biggest video game convention of the year. Like, I heard there was a parody the one where the answer was, like, uh, wear a flannel and bring your laptop back in glasses. And it's funny because that's what I'm going to do. And then the night, and they said, when you go to a party, wear flannel and glasses and your laptop back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the article is suggesting that anyone who goes to E3 has the time to change their outfit. Yes. In between going to the show and doing anything that evening. Especially mm-hmm. all that there's like there's like one or two parties that start at 9 mm-hmm. and go till 2 and everything else starts at 6 
the second the convention store closes, is it two feet away? <laughs> yeah, and well, even if it's and even if it's a nine, it usually mm-hmm. is, half the time it's in downtown L.A. Yeah, or it, your it, hotel it is on the other side of town. I bet your company's having a party that ends in nine. I you haven't invited six, me. Is to. that one to six to nine? Nope. Oh no! Wait, yeah, it is from nine to. Nice. <laughs> from nine to belch. That's that's uh, that's a replacement of from nine to question mark. Oh, I thought it was a Charles Bronson movie. <laughs> I think uh, I think uh, you know. I gave myself a mental note to put you on a VIP list, but I actually haven't done it. I I hope you put a mental note because I reminded you several times. Did you? <laughs> yes. It's like I'm not a journalist anymore. No one gives a fuck if I'm at their party. I need to be come as your date. <laughs> no, I they. They want to show... This is uh, not conversation to have right now. Why but not? Anyway. Where are we going to have it? <laughs> I know. You only talk in front of microphones now. <laughs> but, uh, well, anyway, but before L.A., it's... Uh, boy, it was... Duck comic Tales books, full of huh? coins? Comic books. DuckTales pool full of coins. Well, the money bin is from the comics. I am get it start there. Yeah, the I am a pick gallery. Inspired by Carl Barks, famous comic. Mm-hmm. I actually got, uh, speaking of uh, that, uh, in the comics I've been reading, there was a new Barks collection of Donald cartoons. Pretty good. Uh, yeah, Fancy graphics great. put out. I had the Christmas one. Uh, this is the one after Christmas. I forget the theme of it. Oh, it's the, oh man. Those Boxing things Day? Are, <laughs> those things are... Yeah. Those things, Jesus. All right. No, hold on. Let me get this achievement out of the way for Dave. In it there, the and, only story I remember... Re- I haven't read the whole thing. And the only story I'm remembering right now is that... Uh, Donald had like a lemonade drinking contest in it. <laughs> a literal pissing contest. Well, backwards pissing contest. You drink. Who can drink the most lemonade? I'm going I'm to tweet this later. And as soon as this dust settles on this console prick waving, <laughs> we're going to have to have a serious conversation about DuckTales. All right. Everybody in the world listening. Well, everybody needs to read Carl Barks' DuckTales stuff. And also Don mm-hmm. Rosa. I'd like to read some yeah, of that. Yeah. Is he the life and times of Scrooge? Yes, Duck? yeah. I believe one of those, I don't know if I mentioned that on here before, he defines... Hank, don't hate me for this. All right. Don't hate, don't hate me for this, but this has long been uh, observed by people throughout the world. How exactly does Scrooge swim in money? Mm-hmm. And I got to actually embed this family guy clip. On mm. uh, Unity, I don't, don't tell Disney. Um, Starting now, I just bought a giant room full of gold coins, and I'm gonna dive into it like Scrooge McDuck. Ah, it's not a liquid. <laughs> it's a great many pieces of solid matter that form a hard floor-like surface. Ah! Did he fall in the Family Guy fall position? Or, yeah, uh, with okay. the the limbs twisted Arm backwards. Over the thing. But I thought Don Rosa maybe. I need. I, I really want to find it. Mm-hmm. He invent. Somebody invents some physical reason why Scrooge can swim in gold coins. <laughs> He's Some, extremely dense as a person. But he's the only one who can do it. Well, that, that, that's actually that's canonical in the comics. I somewhere. saw no explanation for it, but there was a... Um, in one of the Barks collections of Scrooge comics. Mm-hmm. Also, the this Donald Duck one has the first Scrooge appearance. But mm-hmm. uh, in, in this one uh, Scrooge adventure, he was trying to hide... Uh, I feel like this was a DuckTales episode, too. Mm-hmm. It was like... Those beagle boys moved in next door, and they're going to break into my money bin. i got to stop them. And so he moves all his money to a lake and buries it in a lake. Mm. And uh, and then the beagle boys then, like, buy property downstream, and they're going to, like, 
drain the lake or something and get all his money. But they do it. They pull it off <laughs> and they get all his money. All they have to do is go downtown to the lawyer and claim it. And so before they do it, uh, Scrooge goes like, please, I'm a poor old man. Just let me jump into me money one more time. And he jumps into the money and he's like, come on, guys, come for a swim. And the four Beagle Boys are like, yeah, that looks like fun. Jump, <laughs> crunk. They just smash their heads. So he bugs bunny them. Yeah, they're unconscious. But, like, there's no explanation for, like, well, wait, why can't why can he do that and not them? Like, but he is able to. Like, it was set up in there, too. Wait, has Bugs Bunny pulled that off? It feels like more of, like, well, a Wiley uh, like Coyote. Tunes kind of thing. Like yes. a Roadrunner, like... It can't run through this. Daffy you know. has done. I'm sure he Bugs runs has done through it in the a past. wall. And... Has Bugs not pulled his hole in the terra firma over 16 inches and jumped right in it as if That's that true. were humanly yep. possible? It's not so much of a Disney thing. If I may, and I'll stop. But I don't want to start debating the differences between mm. Warner Brothers and Disney's cartoons. Yeah, it's a. It's uh, not the time or the it's place. A law, it's a law. It's a deep hole. I have a feeling this is going to deviate a lot this episode. <laughs> We've already talked about comic books so much. Oh, we, we talked about Carl Barks. Hey, That's yeah, comic yeah. books. You know what Guess else? What is... I'm reading. What? Well, all right. What are you reading? Uh, nothing. No. Uh, <laughs> I read the first issue of uh, Scott Snyder's The Wake, mm. which was super fucking intriguing. At and first, I heard that as Scott Steiner. Scott not... Steiner's The Wake. Seventy-five percent, six percent times eleven. Was it, is that a cheap podcast episode, Dave? We yeah, no, it was the to intro it? to uh, yeah, one of the earlier episodes. I, I felt bad that I didn't have that like to intro six the episodes. T- yeah, well, <laughs> don't know which one. It was one that <laughs> Brett was on, but, mm. but we I didn't have that for the TN episode. I was sad. I haven't heard of this. The Wake. Yeah, it's a Vertigo comic. Oh, Vertigo. Huh? I Scott Snyder, the guy who's doing Batman. The art is really good. It starts off with a super intriguing promise of a premise, and a it, premise it's a, promise. Well. It's just one of those things where, like, years in the future, and then they go back to where the story starts out. Uh, and so not only is that story fascinating, like, holy shit, how did we get to this other future? It's just one of those things that really irritates me being the modern comic reader. I download it digitally. I'm like, shit, this looks cool. <sighs> Four weeks. Yep. Four weeks. Four weeks until we, we start to get a first episode. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, well, that's how I, I was embarrassed. I had the opposite problem where... I thought I had been paying attention when Age of Ultron was released, but mm. I totally missed when issue 8 came out. And, like, 9 came out today. Which one was issue? That was uh, with Wolverine and Sue Storm on the cover? Uh, yeah, yeah. I thought, I think I saw that cover and I was like, An Iron Man's oh, I've read that one, but mm. no. And now 9 came out and where time is further breaking down and, like, was getting there a fucked delay? up. I don't think I there think was. Those things were pretty no. consistent, like every two weeks. And no, then... I think it was. I think for a time they were doing every two weeks, but then like it was every three weeks they'll take a break mm-hmm. or every just to space them out, like between arcs. Well, but, now uh, I'm just curious. But however, I would really love for someone to take time travel away from Brian Michael Bendis. I'm hoping this is the last time he touches it. Yes. Well, the whole point of it that, is sir. when you You're overdo the like. It seems like the story point is when you overdo time travel, you break time, and so. <laughs> I just it, uh, it just yeah. removed the word Ultron from there. Like, definitely not Ultron. You're not even very. The first four issues do take place in the Age of Ultron, mm-hmm. at least. Mm-hmm. Like, at least that isn't wrong. True. 
But Brett is very right. Like, this was finally going to be when Bendis dealt with Eltron. Mm-hmm. Ultron. Like, this was going to be the big moment. Mm-hmm. And instead, nothing. Has like, he not dealt, dealt with Ultron in his event? No. He was, he had been holding off his entire... Uh, well, there's, Ultron, there's, there's, there's... He plays in heavily in the okay, one wait, no, that's jump around, not true. where that's they once not. again jump around in time. Actually, that's not true. Where they convince, Ult- I think, Ultron to save the day in the future of the yeah, past. Yeah, that happens in the... But Ultron is still a side character there. Mm-hmm. What the future they're traveling to is the Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. Like, that's mm-hmm. the possible future where he wins. But there was also the prelude to Age of Ultron where Ultron awakens on Earth and then quickly gets, escapes everybody. And then Iron Man says, well, we're just fucked. Like, once he... We can't find him. We'll never be able to. Once he decides to strike, he will. And we're mm-hmm. dead. But um, other than that, Ultron was one of the many people who attacked in, the, in Bendis' first story that uh, was disassembled. Mm-hmm. And then in the Not first... Disassembled. In the first New Avengers story, mm-hmm. or no, the first Mighty Avengers story mm-hmm. that Bendis wrote, Ultron appeared then, except because uh, Frank Cho was drawing it, mm-hmm. Ultron was a naked woman. That was, uh, <laughs> instead of just being born old Ultron, well, who wants that? We want a naked woman. Like, Has so. he been a woman in other realities, too? Eh. The old man Logan, was he, he the woman there? Who am I thinking of? No, he wasn't a woman there. No. I don't know who you're thinking of. What, Spider-Man was a woman in that world. Spider-Man's, Spider-Man's daughter was gr- there. Daughter, or granddaughter. Granddaughter, yeah. I thought Ultron was there and married. Maybe he was just married. It, don't dwell while. on it. Don't dwell on it. Somebody, you see, you're throwing me off! Somebody will hastily correct us on Twitter. Yeah, or you comments. know what? Yeah, Stop I, have, I have this to say to Twitter correctors. <laughs> I don't. Go ahead. You say it, and I'll say something counter. If I'm saying the wrong thing on here, maybe I don't have Wikipedia or Google open at the moment's notice to fact check myself. <laughs> and maybe when you tell me I'm wrong, you just did that. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? Give me a break. Well, I don't <laughs> like coming at it at me like, you were wrong. Like, dude, I'm just flying by the seat of my pants, and I'm not looking at anything. But when someone... Reminds me. Mm-hmm. Now I know. I wow. love that. I love it when that happens. I don't think you. I I do. I do, but not when someone's like you were fucking wrong. There there has been way. There are ways of phrasing it. Uh, you're okay, a dickhead. True. You don't know what you're talking about. Like there's that's definitely happened. But like shit. Like Travis Foster just got back to me. He's like, you were thinking of Omar. <laughs> <laughs> Omar Gooding was a gangster character and smart guy. And uh, he was also in this other movie. I'm like, oh, shit. That's the straw I was grasping for on Mike. Got it wrong. But he didn't yell at me. He's like, you were thinking of this. Perfect. That's the kind of thing I love hearing about. Now I know. Now I thought about Smart Guy for the first time in like 20 years. (laughs) Uh, So I also did read it came out today. (laughs) That's on Laser Time. This week's Laser Time, folks. Check it out. Superior Spider-Man 11. You read that today? Yeah. came out today. I want to read that. Very good. It's, uh, well, I really, oh man, the cliffhanger is exciting. I can't wait for what happens next issue. Right now, the last issue was super depressing. Yeah. Well, and it keeps getting that way. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, really, I think what they're dealing with now is just, now that Doc erased Peter... Like he can't. You want to catch Dave up? Superior Spider-Man. All right, so yeah. Superior Spider-Man. Spider-Man, uh, uh, Doctor Octopus is dying. He switches his brain with Peter Parker and successfully does it. But they, he they keep... successfully merge brains. Well, no. Yeah. So he keeps all of Peter's memories, mm-hmm. but he's in control. Mm-hmm. Peter seemingly die or does die in Doc Ock's body, mm-hmm. but then there's a little bit of Peter's memory left in Doc in Peter's brain, mm-hmm. uh, and who can. Is slowly starting to get control over Doc Ock's body and like prevents him from killing 
a couple people. And that's from like the first issue. There's there's from Peter the Parker, Doc like, Ock. Well, yeah. Doc Ock can't hear him, but he's like yelling, "No, what the fuck are you doing? I'm a ghost, damn it, <laughs> a ghost." And then in chapter nine, in issue nine, Doc Ock finds Peter, mm-hmm. and they battle within the mind for dominance. For How does he finds Peter within his own mind? Yeah, he's able it's to a find the It's a little silly, but a little awesome. They battle it out, and Doc Ock wins. Like, he beats Peter, and he... Well, can... he walks away. Well, what? Doc walks away. Well, yeah, I mean, Peter's gone. Mm-hmm. He completely erased Peter from his brain. And you... so now the situation is that he doesn't have... He can't call on Peter's memories anymore to know how to act, so he's <laughs> acting even more like Doc Ock. But it's and also... more of a dick, and people are noticing. There hasn't ever been an issue of Superior Spider-Man, or let's say Spider-Man, where Peter Parker doesn't come in anywhere mm-hmm. until the last one. Well, and you knew that Peter was there, like, before you were like, well, Peter's there, he won't let him do anything too He pops up in the first up. issue of Superior. Yeah. yeah. Well, Peter won't let him do anything too crazy, mm-hmm. and now that he's gone, you're like, well, Doc Ock can do anything in Spider-Man yeah. now. Nothing stopping him, except for him saying to himself that he's gonna be the greatest hero ever, mm-hmm. when he's still, like, a total asshole to everybody. But he still, and he thinks he's doing good, and He's getting results, but who knows for how long. It's, it's really interesting. Yes, I'm really enjoying very it. utilitarian purpose to it. Like, I don't give a shit. He kills somebody with a gun. At what That's, cost? At what cost? That's what cost? He doesn't care the cost. Like, he doesn't <laughs> give a shit. His fellow superheroes hate him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's I, I don't know. It's thoroughly compelling, even yeah. though it's once you jump off, and they switch brains. Like, mm-hmm. no one was inclined to believe it's you. It's very but I, hard. I swear so. you gotta read it. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, I also read uh, the first collection of Mark Wade's run on Indestructible Hulk. It has been printed. It's or collected. It's the first five issues in a hardcover. Very good. It's I the, very much enjoyed it. It's the that. Hulk Marvel now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not as good as his Daredevil stuff, but mm-hmm. it is a similar, like, Wade. When Wade comes to a classic character like that, he mm-hmm. at least goes... He says to himself, like, well, what's a good new angle on this character? I'm not just coming onto this character to do the same stories that made me like them. So, like with Daredevil, it's that Daredevil is purposefully trying to be happy or or, or at least lighthearted again. Yeah. And, and everyone else around him is like, you should be crazy. Like, you must be crazy <laughs> if you're acting happy with all the shit you've got hanging over you. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, in the Hulk, it, the thing is just... And other people have tried this before of like, mm-hmm. well, some people write the Hulk. I'm going to focus on Banner. Mm-hmm. But I feel like most, not all writers, but most writers when they write Banner, they're like, well, he's a man destroyed by guilt yes. and he just feels horrible and he's trying to make up for it he feels a lot yeah but so in this one it's like no it's it's all about banner's it brain full control yeah use literally using hulk as a weapon and in his brain <laughs> to his advantage constantly and so when it's banner himself he's like no i'm i'm a super genius yeah. i should be i should he, he has this great saying that uh that must like is the mission plan for mm-hmm. wade's book which is hulk destroys banner builds mm-hmm. It's him to trying to make up for all the destruction Hulk has done, and he starts working with Shield to get the funding to do exactly what he wants. <laughs> Shitty way of saying it. I think what you said to somebody at Shield that just like if you dipshits weren't chasing me around with helicarriers, I could have cured cancer by now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, it's so good. It's a really great book. The first five issues are, are really fun, especially because the first three issues are all single issue adventures, which are great. And, uh, and then fucking rare. And then it makes the two parter. That's the finale of the, of the book 
feel like a giant event when it's two <laughs> issues with, and it's uh, a cliffhanger. I don't know. Be just not a giant. Getting event, back but... into single issues, like yeah, I'm dying for a self-contained adventure. Yeah, right? it's, it feels nice. <laughs> My uh, though, I do have. Uh, it's done by the art's done by Linnell Yu or Linnell Yu. Mm-hmm. He's uh, one of the most high-profile artists in Marvel. Like he did, he did Secret Invasion, mm-hmm. and uh, he's worked on most of their like AAA books. And so getting him on the Hulk book is a big deal, yeah. especially like him doing the first five issues. Like a lot of uh, Marvel Now books, only we get somebody of his caliber for like two or three issues, and then they take two issues off or whatever. Yeah. So, and uh, he's a great at drawing action. He has mm-hmm. I really like his approach to line work, mm-hmm. but. He really, he really draws with the male gaze, as you would say, like because mm-hmm. it would, it didn't really hit me because there weren't many female characters. You know, in a lot it. of the conservatives on listening to the show do not like the gays. <laughs> Come on, Hank. Come uh, on. But, uh, the fifth issue, it was just the, he introduced the this uh, this femme fatale mm-hmm. sexy lady who, which her inclusion in the story is nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. That's it's a character type that can be used and. It's hardly Mark Wade was overusing it. She was the first, like, by issue five was the first time you got to draw anybody sexy lady. Mm-hmm. But, like, he drew, like, her battle armor and just had, like, oh, of course you see her cleavage in her battle armor. I mean, come on. Her, her boobs need air. And I was like, well, fine. I mean, that's every superhero. That's every woman in a superhero comic. I'm fine with that. Sure. I'm used to it. But then, then she swims away and, like, the way he drew her ass, oh, like, to goodness. frame the shot of his ass, like, mm. you you put so much work into her ass here. You sold me, it's, Hank. It's ridiculous. I'm buying. He would not draw one, no man's ass would be drawn that way. And that, I, I just don't like that in, in the books. I think I think it's just kind of bullshit. Like, he wouldn't draw, uh, well, I don't know, any guy. Any, any guy in that book would not have been drawn with wearing that tight of pants. Like, even though someone from their alien... She was from an alien culture, sure. too. Someone... The males in that alien culture could have been wearing sexualized outfits, but he wouldn't have felt like drawing that. I've, so, what? It just seems... In, in, <laughs> it just seems unequal. I can and, walk around all day long and literally have to look at non-super people and shitty boobies. Mm. <laughs> I'm There's just a saying, place for that. Just saying the way he draws, it, he, it's... There's comics are the very definition of escapism. Like why it's can't how he chooses to draw only the Why women. can't everything be idealized? <laughs> oh, no. Dave, what do you think? Uh sorry, Moa. <laughs> about the about the male game. Boobies and, and butts. The, boobies and butts. The way him drawing that lady overly sexual in my opinion. If boobies and hmm. butts were clusters of nuts, we'd all have a bowl of granola. I want a bowl of granola. See? Fine. Yeah. Then I guess I guess you win. Uh, Dave, didn't what? you read a weird comic or something? Yeah, I um, I recently bought the collection of Maximum Minimum Wage, which uh. was a it's an old image comic. Um, they just came out with a hardcover collection. I thought I saw it somewhere. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is though. All right, uh, I it's a little embarrassing to say this, but I've been hmm. getting my uh, my comic purchasing cues from Entertainment Re. Entertainment uh, Weekly, Weekly recently. Weekly spelled with an A. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, one of the things that like popped up in there, like, here's the top ten cool things this week. It's like, yeah. Oh, the finale of Parks and Rec and Maximum Minimum Wage. And um, like, yeah, the back cover comes like with quotes from like 
you know, people like uh, like Mark Maron and Chris Hardwick mm-hmm. and Patton Oswald. And I realized, like reading it, it it probably really resonated with them mm-hmm. because they were in their twenties a good 10 15 years before i was mm-hmm. so it probably spoke to them during their like you know like early adulthood period like lots of why does the book take place in the 80s or something no it is like it's very like mid 90s Su- susan powder jokes and mm. references to the, the real world and the grind no yeah nope. just they they, <clears throat> they do have that look and the references don't quite resonate with me mm-hmm. like there's one where the the person it, it might work with you guys a little bit more, but uh, there's Plus, one the, like saying? the very first issue of the run, the 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 main character references Mister Show, which mm. just wasn't quite in my wheelhouse. I bet at like, the time though that was like no, it was shit. probably super. Holy yeah, shit. yeah, and that's probably why like Pat Oswald and like the people who wrote the quotes on the back of the book liked it. And I, I you know I enjoyed it, but it's very like this was definitely written like within a few mm. like a half decade of clerks so it's like <laughs> like that comic that kind of like indie sensibility and mm. it's almost like too indie for me <gasps> too oh, indie to live huh? too esoteric what's uh, I, I, yeah i enjoyed it but it was just didn't quite who's the writer artist? bob fingerman hmm. nope sounds like arrested development character. i'll give this a look arrested yeah. development you say did i mm. <laughs> Did go off on that already? Well, I feel like we have less to say now that we, if we had recorded last week, I feel like 40 minutes would have been a better I'm still, I, 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 no spoilers, obviously, and that's awesome that a comedy show can have spoilers. <laughs> uh, I just love pointing out that, like, it did something, people watch the first three episodes and don't like it. Yeah. Because it's doing something really weird that you could never do on television. If they aired their fourth season it on the, the bubble... In the first three episodes, people didn't like even the fans. It'd be canceled immediately. Well, those they, episodes are enhanced seven or eight episodes <laughs> in. They knew when they were making it, it was going to be available all at once too. They weren't I know, it just, but it's be. like nothing else has been done like that. Yeah, like yeah. there's no movie, no comic, no uh, books. Maybe like thinking maybe of Cloud Atlas, where the the end makes more sense. The beginning makes more sense once you read the end. And were people really giving up on the show after like the season after two or three episodes? I remember when, it, when like I wasn't gonna marathon. I had like, I'm not gonna marathon this. I'm gonna savor this. Oh, uh, I had the exact I, opposite idea. It hit midnight, and I'm like, I'm definitely watching. And I'm, it's midnight. I'm a little drinky, um, and then it's one o'clock, and I'm like, I'm fucking tired, and this is like. I'm not really doing it for me. Yeah. I check it out. I check it was a it holiday out. weekend. Like, that was the, the other thing. Yeah. I, I did I watch it. I checked it out the next day, and then, like, man, slam it. That fourth episode, like, wow, that fired on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. And that four was, what, was that the first job or the... the it or was the... another Michael one, but it's oh. where the team of... Ah, uh, the, the, yeah. The Carl Weathers, yeah. James... Andy Richter and James Lipton. James Lipton. Man, hey. James Lipton in that episode just made me sad. He, how he short seems, and fucking misfig- disfigured he looks. to bits. He's so close to death, I think. He was walking around in that suit and like, is that supposed to be funny? Or does he think he looks good like that? He looks hilarious. He looks like a penguin from Mary Poppins. Mm -hmm. Carl Weathers still fucking rules. Yes, Carl Weathers is fantastic. Well, it was all great, especially like episode four, A New Start. (laughs) Like, uh, five minutes of it seemed to be written specifically like for me. Like the, oh, what would make Henry laugh? Well, it would be uh, a reference to the 
Roger Corman That's a huge fantasy uh, final <laughs> final fantasy Fantastic Four uh, yeah, the Roger Corman Fantastic Four film that was made out of obligation to keep a copy. Which I know Fox owns the movie rights to Fantastic Four, but I also wondered, did Imagine have anything to do with that production? Hey, my, I keep it seems like they wouldn't have looked into it. They might have like given it out to look. Imagine you take care of this. this it's, it's over the whole arc. Tobias David Cross's character starts dressing up like the Thing <laughs> on Hollywood Boulevard with Maria Bamford dressing mm-hmm. up like the Invisible Girl because she played her in the Roger. Yes. Corman production, which totally exists. I'm sure most of you have heard of it by now if you're listening to the show. And then, the, to top that off, well, I, just so people know it was a, a bad movie, they show that it was on Mystery Science yes. Theater. Mystery so, so, like, I think I think I made a tweet to that effect, like, this is too much. Why are you doing this for me? <laughs> you're risking everything to exactly. do this for me. Uh, oh man, so good! And, and what what is the story with that Fantastic Four movie? Like somebody had the rights. Well, yeah, the Fox had the rights to make a Fantastic Four film, but they weren't doing it fast enough, and it was one of those deals. That, which is why, which is why we keep getting why we got an Amazing Spider-Man mm-hmm. reboot for the same reason. Mm-hmm. If you don't make the film till if you don't make a film, and by a certain point, the company gets it back. Like, yeah. because you can't make a, like a most film options work. Like, you can't hold on to them forever and let no one make a film of it. If you're mm-hmm. not going to, someone else is going to get to. Marvel has every right to protect. It's it's an issue of protecting its property. Yeah, and so to keep it, they made a Fantastic Four film directed mm-hmm. by. Roger Corman, like with the, no intention most, of ever showing it to anybody. Yeah, and Roger Corman, like, is one of the most famous, like, awful film directors of all. Well, well no, okay, no, but he makes he's one of the most famous, like, whatever you want, I can shoot it <laughs> under budget in two days. I'm Roger. Corman. I'm Roger Corman. <laughs> I, but he also gets to say, I discovered Martin Scorsese. I discovered Peter Bogdanovich. Like, I, I, inter- I introduced Ron Howard to direct it. Yeah, I put uh, I put Jack Nicholson James in his Cameron, first film. Um, yeah, James Cameron. So he he's good at identifying talent. Mm-hmm. None of them work with him after their first movie no. because then they are able to get paid real money. But it, uh, he's kind of a genius. Yeah, I don't I, I do not care for his work. Except As a director for, himself, he's terrible. There are a couple of Vincent Price, um, Edgar Allan Poe movies. Yeah, but fucking I, rad. That's more Price. Price is yeah, just the Price man. is really. <laughs> Uh, I just was watching the uh, the Mask of Red Death. People. Well, the House on Haunted Hill uh, riff tracks, and like they Man. definitely there's definitely stuff to make fun of in House of Haunted Hill. Mm-hmm. But when he's mm-hmm. on, stars an old queen. Yes. <laughs> but when he's on, he's so fucking good. He's, like, he's he awesome. Owns the screen. He's like, hello, hello, <laughs> welcome to my murder house. It yeah, will only cost you your <laughs> life. It will only cost you your life. If you die before midnight, the money will go to your next of kin. Mm. <laughs> mm, doc, I'm, I'm losing it. No, mm, you. Mm. I'm, I'm, I never had it. I never had it. Dave, try to yeah. do Edgar Allan Poe. That's no, I mean, surprise. Oh, I'm Edgar Allan Poe. I wrote a story I'm, about a bird. I married my cousin. <laughs> I married my cousin. In the future, I'll be played by John Cusack. And <laughs> I, so I invented the modern detective story. <laughs> I was the basis for Lisa's diorama. <laughs> what's all? What's everything we know about Edgar Allan Poe? Most of it is from The Simpsons. Uh, no, I am a writing major. I've read a lot of Edgar Allan Poe. 
<laughs> but uh, don't squint. Don't don't wince at me. All right. I have read a lot of Poe. Uh, uh, but so yeah, the Arrested Development season four. Is so but that, good. that's part of the plot so line good. is that uh, uh, Maria Bamford allegedly stars in this move, this Fantastic Four movie that was never mm-hmm. made, and they they strangely become addicted to methadone <laughs> yes. and start billing her as get your picture taken with star of the Fantastic Four, and the four that appears on their shirt looks blurred, and if you look closely, they printed the four <laughs> blurred <laughs> and sewed it onto the shirt. It's fucking awesome. Uh, it just also led to the funny lines like "Daddy needs to get his rocks off." Yeah, which I uh, yeah. Just... <laughs> and the, but the whole season was awesome. Like some people also like knocked it because like well nobody the actors were barely around each other. You got to it's a you, different thing, and you got to see a bunch of great Michael and Job scenes, Michael <laughs> and George Blue scenes. Uh, you know George Michael and maybe the like, last the last three the last three to four episodes where they start all the puzzle pieces start coming together it's so fucking rewarding there yeah. are one or two episodes in the last batch that I'm just not are not my jam uh, which character the, the maybe episode the maybe episodes I thought were I great liked maybe a lot I don't know I, I, well did you I, never like maybe in the first place on the old show which your least favorite I think yeah Mary there's maybe me. that. And the that whole like freebie. the that whole like her being in like staying in high school just that the storyline didn't work. But then when you when I, I started watching it over again, there are breadcrumbs of perfecto yeah <laughs> everywhere. Perfecto, what a great name for your uh, that that I I didn't know until I think yeah like in the recent laser As time Michael like, pointed out yeah yeah perfecto is an actual person like well, yeah. whatever, the one who had sex with think... George Meharis. Yeah, I didn't so know I didn't George know George Harris yeah. was the person. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> and that George Michaels could not. That was the funniest joke. Yeah. George Michaels stuff is saved for the end, and it does oh. make for some of the more rewar- rewarding reveals. Holy shit. Fuck. So fucking funny. And half of the Buster episode is some of my favorite stuff in mm-hmm. the se- season, and half of it is not. I watched that episode in particular again, out of order, when I started rewatching them. But it's really. It's the most. Dense. It, it like it they clearly had Tony Hale for one episode because yeah. mm. he's off filming Veep, which I know we're all fans of and can totally agree with. He shouldn't have been in Arrested Development that much because we all love Veep. So, so mad at I don't Veep. watch Veep. I'm so I, mad at I, Veep okay. right now. I, 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 I okay. don't want to say Veep isn't bad or isn't good because it's got Matt Walsh on it. He's funny. Mm. It is the best Dreyfus thing Julia Louis Dreyfus. That woman from SNL. She yeah, Julia Louis Dreyfus. Oh yes, okay, my girl. She, uh, she, she was oh, yes. married to the the Weekend Update anchorman, Brad, Brad Hall. Brad Hall. I'm kidding. I know who fucking Elaine is. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I just wanted to remind our listeners the that, we watched, that we watched uh, the terrible episodes of Saturday Night Live when they mm-hmm. aired on Comedy Central. I was all about mm-hmm. it. Those were the worst. Like, I but, wasted so many summers in front of the TV, but I always <laughs> hated it when, like, all right, time to watch Saturday Night Live, and I, now we've like we've entered 1982 to 1985, and it's the worst fucking shows they ever I, did. I <laughs> not only bought those first season, full season episodes, mm-hmm. I watched almost all of them. I'm kind of a big SNL nerd for some reason. Mm-hmm. I've read uh, a lot of books on the show. I love it. Um, those first, that first season in particular, like nobody knows who John Belushi is. Like he's not get like nobody gets any laughs. Yeah. Their sketches are super weird. They're they're like they're really short. A lot of them all yeah. over the place. Uh, weird Muppet shit. Weird Muppets talking about fuck, fucking venereal diseases <laughs> with Jim Henson and Frank Oz's voice. 
weird shit. Uh, and then, yeah, I'll show it to you now. There's a uh, a sketch that gets minimal laughs. That's all about Steve Martin prosecuting Gilda Radner as a rape victim. And all the jokes are about how the lawyer's trying to prove it's her fault for being raped. Wow. And Man. it's... That sounds kind of smart. I don't know. That's fun. Oh, okay. It's an indictment of society for blaming the victim. It's blaming the victim to the extreme. That's the... That's from your description. That sounds like what they could have been going. Whereas for. Hitman, if Hitman did it, you'd have a cheesy post up on your silly website right now, wouldn't you, Hank? <laughs> wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? I would not. Sexism. What? This Come game on. isn't interesting enough to talk all right, about. All right, all right, all right. No, no, no. Sexism. That's not true. Uh, all right. Anyway, yeah, Brad Hall, not funny. I wish uh, <laughs> you brought a back to, back to Brad Hall. I I do like seeing Brad Hall when he appears on Kirby Enthusiasm. Just because they bothered to keep him in it, like I also feel like that proves that he doesn't like performing because he's. Oh, I have a rich wife now. Yeah, all right, I'm good. Well, I think they're they're. I remember they're both reading, rich. Aren't they're they? both from money, and she's like the heiress to a massive fortune. Yeah, she's so she's a she was a millionaire the second she was born. Yeah. Wait, doesn't he yeah. direct a bunch of stuff now? He directed oh, the Incredible. Wait, Brad Bird. Yeah. Oh, wait, yeah. have I been mixing, mixing them up? Yeah, Brad Hall is not. But Brad you know Bird. what? Somebody scooped that on the gossip blog. Brad Bird fucking Elaine. One last thing. What? Thanks, <laughs> your brother. Can we do that after the break? We, Fine. Hey, tease. When we come back, our thoughts on the Venture Brothers season premiere. <laughs> Howdy, folks. Uh, Welcome to the break. This is your pal, Henry Gilbert, again, saying hello. I want to thank you guys uh, for sticking with us, even when we take a week off or so, like we did last week and also next week. Again, I'm I'm really sorry, guys, but I promise we'll come back with a big Man of Steel talkabout where we'll share our opinions. I hope we like it. I hope it's good. (sighs) I don't want to wait another eight years for another good Superman movie. A potentially good Superman movie. Uh, but anyway, guys. So, uh, what do we talk about in the break? Well, it's all the ways that you can help lasertimepodcast.com and keep the site afloat. How do you do that? Well, first off, there's a PayPal donation button on the top left side of the lasertimepodcast.com website. They can just give us a little money, however much you can spare. It helps keep things a-flowing. Uh, also, you can buy a t-shirt. We've got a Laser Time t-shirts for sale underneath that PayPal button right there. Buy them. Or if you'd like to help us in a way that, you know, uh, doesn't cost you anything extra, you just want to buy stuff through Amazon, on the right side of the screen you'll see a bunch of links to Amazon. Well, we suggest those because those are things we like and we think you'd enjoy if you bought them. You don't have to buy those if you click on that link to give us some money. Buy anything through that tab. After you open that tab to Amazon, buy anything on Amazon through there. Macaroni and cheese, diapers, uh, the absolute uh, vodka, whatever. I don't know if you can buy that on there. But buy, buy something on Amazon, a little bit of money comes our way. It really helps us out. Also... 
Uh, if you're listening to this and you're a subscriber on iTunes, thank you very much. If you're not a subscriber, please subscribe. And either way, if you're using iTunes to listen to this, please review us. Please give us five stars. Uh, written review is great. They all help us out so much. It's just a little thing you can do to help us. Really would appreciate it. Please, please, please. Uh, and then lastly, it's time for the Hank's Corner Pick of the Week. Well, I did talk about Indestructible Hulk, but that's not the one I'm picking uh, because I just got the absolute top ten collection. That may sound very vague to you. And what, what is he talking about? The absolute top ten? What? Well, top ten was a, uh, a, a very funny uh, police procedural parody written by Alan Moore. That also might sound insane. Like, what? Alan Moore wrote a funny comedy within the last ten years that was a parody of all comic books and a police procedural? Well, it exists. It was called Top Ten. Uh, I continued on with Adam. I haven't read those books. I'm not too sure if they're good or not. But I definitely can say the Top Ten, when Alan Moore wrote it, was goddamn hilarious. And all the issues were collected in the absolute Top Ten collection, an oversized book. book of all the all of the Alan Moore written issues I believe it's a hundred bucks retail is the cost but I think you can get it for about 80 or 70 or 80 on Amazon uh, there'll be a link on the show page for this episode of Cape Crisis to get to get that off Amazon in a way that helps us out there'll also be links to a couple other of the smaller ish uh, collections of top 10 if you haven't read it before I'm, I'm, uh, to get the first book you'll you'll fall in love with the series I'm telling you uh, you'll at least laugh. Uh, all right. Uh, okay. So that's it for the uh, for the the break. Now back to the rest of the show. Welcome back, everybody, to the scintillating second part of <laughs> Cape was, Crisis. That was written comic book style. Uh, I am a member of the Serpent Society. Serpent Society. <laughs> uh, name one member of the Serpent Society. Big Man. <laughs> no? Uh, Serpentor. The, uh, the Python. Monty uh, Man. Uh, name? Okay. King Do you Coral? remember the name of any of the snake dudes from the that were He-Man toys? Serpentor. No, that's a G.I. Joe guy. Ah, shit. No, wait, here. Throw them out to me. I don't remember me. I was asking you. Damn it! We can't do that to the people. <laughs> They're all going to be wondering. I will look them up and reveal them later. Okay. Speaking of uh, the Masters of the Universe, DC is publishing a new comic of theirs. Did you know that? Has DC had like the... I know they Marvel... published them when the sh- series started. <clears throat> Masters of the Universe was a DC book. When the toys started... The first comics DC. were Marvel, though. Were they not? I think they were. DC's the only ones I remember. But, like, back when he was, like, a straight barbarian and it was just a barbarian universe instead of a place populated by plastic? Maybe. I, I think it had always. I think it had always been DC. But just that DC's hung in there for, with He Man for a yes. really long yeah. time. Well, and on top of that, not only are they publishing regular He Man, but they're publishing the uh, a Masters of the Universe Justice League crossover. For real, that sounds horrible. Happening. They're selling their soul. <laughs> yeah, I know because they've uh, the Justice League has only crossed over with the best of characters. Wow, hold. Do you want? Do Let's we... hear some of the names. 
These are two. I owned a few of them. The leader. The leader. King Hiss. He's made out of snakes. His, yes. This thing was, he had uh, a, a, an outside shell, mm. and uh, you, you take it skin. off, uh, he looked like a regular guy, and then you shed that skin, mm. and his arms were snakes, his head was a big snake, his body was just snakes all coiled on each other. Uh, snake man made of snakes. Uh, good thinking, Mattel. Uh, Ratlore. <laughs> Ratlore. Oh, I had him too. He... Uh, I believe he had a big rattlesnake head. That was his thing, like a an extending neck and a <laughs> rattling tail. That's right, yeah. And he had a red head. He's a red, right? We um don't know. A ginger. Ginger. <laughs> That's good. Uh, <laughs> we also have tongue lashore. <laughs> I had him too. Yeah, he had the. He looks more like he's a, a Shira character. Really. Actually, he's he looks more like a nematode, really, and he's got like a, his thing was a tongue that stuck out. You had a Shira a toy. Tongue. I, That's a girl's toy. Well, I did have Shira, so I could have crossover adventures. Uh, Hordak was pretty rad. Oh, I did. I had Hordak, and I Hordak. Had, and I had one of their uh, the henchmen, mm-hmm. Hordak's henchmen. His thing was to fall apart. Okay, but what about the guy with the long arms? What was his um, name? We have Cobra Khan. See the long arms? Squeeze. Squeeze. Um, and Snake Face. <laughs> snake Face. Snake Face. Miguel Cuddy. I think it must be Squeeze <laughs> is the one with the long arms. Squeeze is, yeah, super long bendable arms. That was the fourth one. <laughs> but it says he only appears in the 2002 animated series. I had his toy. He might not have been on the show, but they made the toy. Mm. I uh, So many good, good memories. Henry, did you ever? Uh, this is a cheap podcast question. Did you ever introduce your regular action figures into wrestling? Oh boy, did <laughs> I ever! Uh, well, yeah, because so when I got big into wrestling mm-hmm. at age eight, I believe mm-hmm. that would be, or eight or nine. At that point, I had a lot of toys already. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I got the wrestling toys, of like, uh, I found them lacking because. Yeah. Either they were the one-trick ponies of uh, the WWE, like uh, the what was the one? Macho Man always had his arm like yeah. bent in an elbow, and like, like Ultimate Warrior just did this. Yeah, he just did that. Uh, yeah, no, no, Hogan, slam. no, no, Hogan had his arms up like this to throw people. Yeah, uh, and Ultimate Warrior, like you could pull his torso down right, to make him it. fly forward, Jump. which yeah. is like stupid. Like that's a bad way. He rarely to... did that. Yeah, you couldn't. <laughs> rest. Well, while meanwhile. <laughs> Well, yeah, uh, uh, a shoulder block is not a, that big of a move. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, meanwhile, the, the WCW toys didn't move at all. Yeah. So when you had shitty toys like that, you instead had to take your He-Man figures and make them wrestle. Yeah, and, and they so, were way more interesting as characters in your, yeah. like... And so I just made up a wrestling league. And the, uh, yeah. the Hulk Hogan character actually was not He-Man, but instead He-Man's dad, the king wow. dude, king whatever. He was, he was my lead guy. Did you... And if I had more G.I. Joes, I think I would they would have been the wrestlers because they were the yeah. most versatile. Well, I had a lot of Ninja Turtles characters <laughs> that I would... Uh, yeah, so like Mondo Gecko was a... Yeah, he, he was, was awesome. He was super over in, in my wrestling league. He, he was like... See, he would yeah, have been the he was under- the John Cena of... See, in my league, he was the underdog and he would have been like the icy belt holder. Uh, he yeah. would have been probably that. Was, that. that was... Um, the the bunny Usagi Yojimbo. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he was the perennial intercontinental champion. Usagi is Japanese for rabbit. Uh, I learned that in my Japanese. <laughs> but anyway, we. Do you know my opinion on on what? toys? What? A little mature. Didn't need them then. 
don't, don't, don't need him now. I thought there'd be more to that sound. <laughs> I, was looking, I was looking up the. Oh, I miss this macho man. By the way, guys, so if you guys like macho man, if you guys like macho man, you should read uh, the Bleacher Report as the last days of Macho Man article, which is just ah, mm-hmm. oh, such a great read. It's weird to recommend a Bleacher Report article, but you should read this one. Well, fuck, man. You gotta, to read something on their site, you gotta click through something like, no thanks, no thanks, yeah. close, like, ugh. Well, also, like, most of their things are are not anywhere near as deep as this story is. Yeah. Like, it's very, very unlike them. Uh, okay. But anyway. We promise. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh. That's the one. <laughs> Alright, well you put this off uh, when we teased it. It's Venture Brothers, the fifth season premiere. It's Venture Time. It's Venture Time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. Like It was uh, it was such a great return. It takes place the day after prom, too. It, or it starts there. It does, and the, the Halloween special takes place in, in between. Yeah, Halloween takes place in between commercial breaks. Now, again, I think this is totally worth talking about because if you like comics, you need to be fucking watching the Venture Brothers mm-hmm. all the fucking time. It's so goddamn good. And not that I didn't like last season, it just got to be... Looking at the longevity of the show, mm-hmm. the, 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 they make there are consequences and a continuity that really matter to that show. Yeah. And it's sort of... I like Arrested Development. We kind of followed all of those characters on different parts of their adventure. And when I think of the the fourth season, I don't remember really ever seeing like seeing Doc that much or the brothers being together. No, yeah, the brothers didn't do much. Like they, like in the second half of season four, they get they are separated for like four episodes. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's all about Dean doing something on his own. Maybe and Nathan feeling in Spider Man. <laughs> and the, but. <laughs> Yeah, it was Dean finding out that his dad sucks and is a total fraud, <laughs> and that he has no future if he follow tries to follow his dad's footsteps. Well, meanwhile, Hank try, like gets laid and, and starts to figure <laughs> himself out too. And then the, I love in the in the fourth season when it seems to uh, imply that you're going to get a Doc story mm-hmm. where that shows how he becomes a, a powerful, much better guy. Then it turns out that was just his alternate universe self, and that the Doc we know was trying to murder him and replace him in that world. Uh, this was, I don't know, it was just such a great episode. Like everything. It was ep- sad to see Brock leave so quick in the in the beginning. Though. But then, like the end is like, well, this. But it's weird, just because where does that take? I feel we we're talking about it so seriously for a second. But let's go back. <laughs> uh, so invested in these characters. If he's out of the Ventures life. And it seems like in the, OSI the thing they set up at the end, like, oh, we still got a thing to pursue, but like, none of that has shit to do with the Venture Brothers or the Venture mm-hmm. family. I feel like that's just something that'll come back in one episode in between, in one episode during the season, and then mm-hmm. pay off in the season finale. They're gonna Game of Thrones that. Yeah, I'm talking book four, people, uh, <laughs> where all the characters you like are split up and sent away, and uh, you basically have to follow them on separate. Boy, adventures. everybody would not shut the fuck up about Game mm-hmm. of Thrones this weekend. Again, I said it on Laser Time, plugging Audible. Nothing like the <laughs> smug satisfaction of knowing that was happening. I read a great you bitches. I read out. a great tweet about Game of Thrones this weekend, which was, "Do you know how someone how to oh how to find out someone has read the Game of Thrones books before they saw the TV show? Mm-hmm. They would have told you already." <laughs> <laughs> 
because everybody look, who's I read the books don't read a lot of books. <laughs> everybody has to, to tell you, look, it. I read the books. I read the books. Like almost 10 years ago. Yeah, I know. And so then there were all the... I read an interesting thing on uh, online about... Well, I'm not saying they were satisfied, but it was mm-hmm. a cool thing that like... This was the thing that happened in the most recent episode... Were the book the readers of the book have been waiting for yes. since the show started? I haven't even seen the show. I they, but... they knew it was coming because it was like such a major event in the books, mm-hmm. and so they've been waiting this whole time. But they didn't. But by and large, the book readers didn't spoil it. Exactly. For I Dev and I gone out on a limb to say that just. Just to spout that before, how like the readers of the books have been polite enough never to spoil that for people, any of it for people. It makes national news when Game of Thrones does something, and it sold millions of books. Everybody <laughs> yeah. knows already. Yeah, it's funny. I felt like it wasn't that way with uh, Harry Potter. Like, yeah, and Harry Potter, everybody's wait. like, yeah, Dumbledore dies. Yeah, everybody knows it. Come people on. couldn't wait to say to say shit that they knew was going to happen, and like. Game of Thrones fans have kept their mouths shut. I think Game of Game of Thrones fans respect each other enough that they wouldn't mm. have went outside of a a, a book sale Ooh. when it, yeah when it first went on sale and did that whole like yelling out of the car window. I hope, are you looking that up right now? I, hope you I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> the, Dumbledore dies and Snape did it. I was listening to some dipshit morning you radio bitch. show like while painting, and they decided to spoil the book. Before it was out, and like I'm covered in paint and can't reach the radio, I'm like, no, no, Dumbledore dies, fart sound, and oh, it was horrible. You got it spoiled for me on accident. <laughs> I'm glad I'm so oblivious to both Game of Thrones and Venture Brothers that. I like the spoilers that have been coming. Like even you guys just talking about what happened. Oh. But- that, Nothing really resonated where I'm like, I'm going to remember that. And, well, like, that was one bit on Venture Brothers I like that also in the season premiere that made me realize how fucking long they've been off the air. Yeah. They make a Game of Thrones reference in it, and like, they couldn't do that in season yeah. four because the show wasn't on <laughs> TV is... then. <laughs> yeah. That's how fucking yeah. long it's been By off the, way, the air. That was a really funny joke. It so was. Funny. Oh, it and it was, great. I like just the implication that Monarch had become friends with 21, but he didn't even realize it. <laughs> like, the 21 had become his best friend, and but he still saw him Guns, as... we swing! <laughs> <laughs> uh, though I didn't like how they just totally, they just completely dumped the Sergeant Hatred thing. They're like, well, yeah, he got back together with his wife. No, he didn't. Nah, she's, she's still with that other guy. He's sad. Yeah, he, no, he returned her to her with a ball and gag in her mouth. Yes. <laughs> Prince's tiny feet. I love We're the Brothers. Started ones. all over again, and also the the uh, season premiere had like uh, Gillian Jacobs, mm-hmm. Aziz Ansari, and Wyatt and Act like all awesome. I don't think that was Gillian Jacobs. She was on it. I think that was the blonde lady from SNL who does the Ellen impression. Yeah, but Gillian Jacobs was in there somewhere. Was she? I know. I saw her in the crowd. Because I thought it was Allison Brie when I was listening, and no, got. No. Uh, Got corrected, but I had read Gillian Jacobs in a review, like they said, and Gillian Jacobs did a great job too. Like I haven't confirmed this. Mm-hmm. It's easy. It is very easy to tell when someone is Aziz Ansari. Mm-hmm. Aziz Ansari only has one voice, and why? <laughs> and why it's not the same? But uh, if she was Tara, she was definitely affecting a voice, so it wasn't. Uh... She like uh, Heidi thought it was a Zoe Deschanel, and I'm like, I can see that. It looks like someone's <laughs> doing a Zoe Deschanel impression. <laughs> 
She definitely was supposed to seem like a pixie, manic pixie mm-hmm. dream girl. So good. The, uh, it was the... How, how, what color is your clean suit? What color is your clean suit, yes. Fucking great. Just such a great... Uh. Also, the uh, there was another theme I got in that that, like, they were kind of proud. It was about being proud to be a geek again. Like, mm-hmm. like um, Billy Quizboy and 21 were not ashamed to, like, know the difference of Elvish and the dialect <laughs> of Elvish that something was written in. And... Then, like, the trivia battle with uh, Augustus St. Cloud mm-hmm. was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was so fucking good. Uh, and uh, just all that stuff like that. It was... I, I loved it. And I'm so glad the new season has begun. I, yeah, I don't know what's going on over there at Adult Swim. Why my favorite... Really, my favorite shows there take two to three years to make a season of. Well, because it's it's well, they don't. Does the Boondocks still have? They're not paid a lot of money, and so they can only. That's what that's what I think. I think it's still very much is a two man show, and then maybe they'll farm out some animation. But I know those like Public and Hammer get in there. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, they they are every voice. They are every voice. They are every director. They are every writer. That's why it feels so special when they're not the voice. And again, I will always say that that's what makes a show special. Mm-hmm. It's like, Louie's amazing. I'm like, that's one dude. Like, you're not... There's no consensus here. It's what mm-hmm. one guy thinks is funny. And it, that, it seems weird because it's not tailored mm-hmm. to be hilarious all the time. Well, that goes the back time. all the way to, the, like, The Simpsons. Sure. Like, everybody... The, so many of the writers, especially from the early days, mm-hmm. say, like, well, why is this good? Mm-hmm. Well, because they are... The contractually, they don't have to take network notes. Like they are. Is that what it was? That's part of the deal. When Jim Brooks set it up, he was so big and Fox mm-hmm. was so small. For them to get a Jim Brooks TV show, Jim mm-hmm. Brooks says, "Well, it's my production company. We take no notes from you guys," and that's still the rule. The Simpsons take no notes. Like they have to go through approval and censors. But if some dumb executive says, "I think it'd be funny if Bart uh, grew up or or punched somebody," mm-hmm. like. They don't have to do it. You know? That's what's keeping The Simpsons so funny right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you I'm see not... the, uh, the Simpsons opening at Universal? I want to go there. It's, I go it there. is so wonderfully gaudy and embarrassing. I know, but and I want a crusty And I have to go. Yes. The, I have all right, to go. Well, then why, let's the all most go. Tavern most and... Tavern with a life-size Barney sitting there hanging out with you. All right, let's all just book a flight to Florida. (laughs) We can do a show in Florida from Marvel Island. Me and you will ignore our family in Florida and not Mm. tell them we're going. (laughs) Why don't we just do that anyway? (laughs) Next Christmas. Is it only Universal Studios Florida, not the one in California? Uh, Yeah, yeah, I'd had to read about that when uh, Disney bought Marvel. That Universal owns, still retains rights to Marvel in theme parks. East of the Mississippi. <laughs> Until, I think, what, 2025 or something? The weird thing is there's, a, there's almost no expiration date. Well, when you make... Well, if I was Universal, I, if, I'm like, well, I'm going to spend... Marvel... Or I Disney will spend $100 million to make a Marvel park, mm-hmm. but I'll have to tear it down in 10 years if somebody buys Marvel. Like, no, you don't make that deal. Disney like, will, will settle out with them. They probably will at some point, but, I mean, they built all those Marvel things. Mm-hmm. At some point, they'll get outdated, and unlike Disney... Universal's like, yeah, fuck that old shit. They we need, need something new, man. I would just like some other sup- group uh, superhero publisher to come to the fucking table. Well, take it over. The problem is the only other one is DC. And they own Six Flags. Sucks. I know, it's, but it's like but it's Six still, Flags doesn't. It still do comes good down shit. to two. If you go to the cartoon section of Islands of Adventure, you got 
Warner Brothers Looney Tunes, Daffy Duck, Bugs Bunny, Disney, Mickey Mouse, fucking Pixar shit. This is a Superman and then, roller and then coaster. Everywhere in between sucks. It's Snoopy. Snoopy keeps getting passed around like a whore to every theme park in the world. Knott's Berry Farms, and, and it's, it's at the end of the day, well, it's still fucking Snoopy. Well, meanwhile, the Islands of Adventure they got is the Kathy. It has a Kathy person in well, there. I was, was going to say Hagar the Horrible and, Dag, and Dagwood. And Dagwood and fucking they got Popeye. Popeye is great. And Rocky and Bullwinkle. They're cool. Look, I know too, yeah. but it's like all of them combined aren't as cool as. Slinky Dog. <laughs> I disagree. Popeye is great. Popeye is great. Popeye is awesome, but something about it, like even though he's originally a comic uh, in his characterization in the parks, he's got the black shirt. Yeah. Um, it still seems like that UPA Popeye, or that it, it seems well, like. Well, that's Popeye what I defines like. people. Yeah, that's <laughs> no. It's just the easiest one to dress in, in a suit, you know. Yeah. Um, to be cutesy and, and take pictures with kids, but that's uh-huh. dude. The, the, if Real Popeye, nowadays, parents would never want the kids to be next to that yeah, Popeye. That Popeye an, is awesome. He's an ugly old sailor that <laughs> punches people. Yes, with a missing eye and smokes. Yeah. He's awesome. <laughs> he's the best with an ugly girlfriend <laughs> and the selfish shitty, people ugly around girlfriend. him. Constantly being pursued by the same bearded rapist. <laughs> Again, uh, ripe, ripe for comedy. So funny. Yeah, we gotta go. We yes, same Shelly Duvall is unattractive. No, I love that's why, Shelley That's Duvall. why it was perfect casting. She <laughs> was born not... to be that. Uh, she was born to play olive oil. Look at fresh. Popeye. Oh, man. The way, and so... the way she babbles so much, he's exactly like olive oil. Though was... you... Go ahead. Well, her... I watched, uh, I watched this great... Uh, the great Kubrick documentary that came with the Kubrick... Uh, the Shining. Box set. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not the one just the Shining. It's about mm-hmm. Kubrick's whole career. Mm-hmm. But they show the stuff in The Shining, and I'm like, poor Shelley Duvall. Like, I, she is tortured. He's torturing her. I remember just the way that documentary set up is Jack Nicholson, who doesn't like do interviews for anybody, really. Yeah. And he's just like, Stanley and I got along just fine. <laughs> Wasn't like that with Shelley. And then they just cut to like him berating her. Yeah. To tears well, she's in front of a camera crew because she's supposed to look. If his his end goal was her to look like a frazzled woman on the edge, of, whose, whose whole life is destroying mm-hmm. around her, so to get that, he berated her until that's how she felt. Like, which is pretty it's, awful. It's hard. It's hard to criticize. I, I feel like I've met people like Kubrick in my life. I'm like, uh, dude, you need to relax. You need well, to chill the fuck out. But then, like, you know, his works. Well, when it's Kubrick, yeah, it's like, well, if that's how to create a perfect thing, then fine. Like, but, like, none of it's really perfect, though, you know? If it was if it was perfect, Stephen King would have approved it. <laughs> he did every... <laughs> he wouldn't have had to do an ABC version. They I'm so showed, glad he oh, did, yeah, because so it proves better. he was wrong. <laughs> there was... He... This was his perfectionism they did uh, in the... Uh, this has nothing to do with comics, but <laughs> in the documentary they talked about Eyes Wide Shut, mm-hmm. and they were talking to Cruz and Kidman not together, but uh, they were saying like, so it was the first day of filming. We filmed like we got two pages done. I was like, what's everybody talking? I'm, I'm being Tom Hanks. Here. Mm-hmm. What's that? Uh, Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise. Uh, why is everybody saying it takes so long to make a Kubrick movie? We're going fast, mm-hmm. and then it came to the day where it's Sidley Sydney. Uh, 48? No, the... the oh, LeMay, LeMay, sorry. 
I don't think I, no, that's not him either. The guy who's the doctor. Who, yeah, yeah. He. It's a scene where he stands up. He mm-hmm. welcomes Tom Cruise into mm-hmm. the room, and the door opens, and the camera moves across the room, and they film it sixty times in a day. And Kubrick is not happy with it, and they just keep filming it. And like, how could you not lose your mind? Like after three days, they're like, <laughs> we're. We're still doing this so, it, one it, scene. I, I've only been on a few productions like that, but like, as the person in front of the camera, and it's agonizing. Uh-huh. And then, like, just the other day, fucking Vine. Yeah. You ever try and get a perfect Vine where you have to like throw it? Away? Vine, the six-second t- Twitter of video, where you're trying to get the perfect thing, and there's no editing. It's just you have to throw it all away. Yeah. And I probably spent. I probably spent two hours making this Remember Me Vine bootleg trailer, I called it, that nobody watched or liked. I watched. It was just nothing. And it spent me reloading the game because there's no editing in in the app. It's just... You've seen people on Vine. There's the Will Sasso is a genius. Oh, my God. My buddy buddy Andy Salisbury is, like, fucking killing it. Like, he is great on Vine. Andy, we used to do the At Gamer show together. Uh, he is amazing on Vine, and I have not figured it out, and it really irritates me. And I'm like, but that reminded me of that. Like, no, no, that shot wasn't. Uh. I've had, I, I've like. This isn't ca- the perfect six seconds of video. Exactly. Like, I've captured six seconds of, like, various little things I've been watching. I'm like, that would be great on Vine. And then I realized, like, after, like, 15 minutes, like, all right, now I still haven't gotten the right six seconds. Yeah. Reminded, like, six seconds of SmackDown should not be this difficult to, to capture, but it's like. To start it, have to wait like to press. Wait for it to unpause it on Hulu. And, and then wait and for then... the the overlay to go away. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Then you start it. All right. Well, then, we should... I was only saying. I just have to say because I looked it up again recently. Right. It always makes me happy. We were talking about Popeye, Robert Altman, also an insane director, who was just sort of like, uh, yeah, this is, we'll uh, we'll make a set, and he's like, no, we're gonna make a town, <laughs> and every interior we will shoot in the interior of the town we've made. And it's crazy. If you Google it, Popeye uh, Sweet Haven, it's still there in Malta. It's a tourist attraction. It looks <laughs> nice. fucking insane. Wow. It's literally 33 years old, uh, the set of Popeye, <laughs> and it looks fucking amazing. The movie still looks amazing as a result. <laughs> Man, super I need, weird. I need to rewatch that movie knowing that fact. I like to, when you when you get 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 a chance, just look up Sea Haven and, and see a high res picture of it today. <laughs> And that the people are keeping it up because the, they just fucking abandoned it. Did you <laughs> see those the movie were, studio? There was well, yeah. There was someone um, recently. Man, I wish we would have posted that somewhere. Um, the Star Wars sets in Tunisia yeah, 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 were abandoned as well, and like their locations aren't really disclosed. And one photographer went there within the last two months, and it's insane. Like every prop from Star Wars is like, sell it. I'm ri- I'm set for life. Yeah, and it's all just sitting there, and there are even some like. Fucking local weird Arab dudes like sitting around uh, Mose Eisley yeah. and shit. It's fu- it's, oh, still, want... it's still sitting there. This was Emperor's. Uh, this was Emperor's picture of blue juice. You I want bet it? they are those locals. There are reluctant experts. Uh, reluctant yeah. experts in Star Wars. Yes, yes. This is the Mose Eisley where the camera pans up and I. You know, I, I, I <laughs> here's I where the told, here's so. where the werewolf Ben's arm went when it was cut off. <laughs> I only saw a Turkish version. <laughs> this is doorway where they say that it's locked and there must not be someone in there. What a, what shitty stormtroopers those were. It's a locked door. They're like, well, it's locked. Oh, okay. 
Well, I guess we'll just leave that. Well, hey, I mean, look, we're just looking for people. Not every clone is perfect. We've all seen multiplicity. Uh, <laughs> like, in the she touched my, my peppy. <laughs> in Mos Eisley, there's just a werewolf there. Like, those, those are terrible aliens. Uh, all right, my favorite should... is old butt, butt mouth. Butt mouth. Uh, Blowing in the clarinet. I also space clarinet. I, I, here's another Star Wars story recently. Mm-hmm. So I talk about how bad that looks, but it's it's still it's all real. Like it's all yeah. you get to at least see like real characters, even though like that one guy with the weird parallax eyes, like he's obviously just a head on a stick that's moved back and forth. Mm-hmm. I recently watched um, uh, Lopty Neck, the song that uh, Sny Snoodles sings <laughs> in the original version of uh, Return of the, the Jedi. Genius. And she was the worst puppet. Like, they have to film around her the best they can. But Sykes Noodles was the singer lady with the long Mm -hmm. trunk mouth. Really, everybody remembers Max Rebo because he doesn't look as stupid. But she looked awful and she sang... That's how the song went. But then, in the special edition, George Lucas fixed it by adding a new song called Jedi Rocks. So they just remove all the old music... Put in a new song and and like the same gibberish. In that, Snice Noodles is all yeah. three, is is a CG cartoon who moves awful. Like it, it looks. Mm-hmm. It, it this was it from nineteen ninety seven. It looks like garbage now. Like Snice yeah. Noodles <laughs> looks a million times better. Than it that. is diabolical. And then a guy like during that song of like fuzzball alien like belts out a big one big note. And like puts his mouth right in front of the camera, and you see like his uvula shaking, yeah. Uvula. And and you're supposed to go like, wow, look at CG graphics. Be like, this is garbage. It's so terrible <laughs> and so distracting, and takes you to the movie. Like the opening shot in Empire now, the CG fucking uh, what's the little wa- kangaroo uh, thing? No, uh, the wampa. Yeah, the wampa running by it looks fucking atrocious. From a hundred feet! Yeah, it looks so much better when it was clay. It's when it was so, clay It looks terrible. It, it doesn't... It just takes... I don't know, like... I hope he realizes... That creates a disconnect in my brain. Yeah. And might forget that it... If you're not going to really update it, mm-hmm. it'll create the same disconnect that the kids are watching now. They'll be like, why does that look so much different and so shitty? They'll, they'll say the same thing about the claymation. Man, that looks dated. They look at CG from 97. Man, that looks dated. It'll yeah. be the same reaction. Leave it alone or change it all together. Also, the yeah, when the not that like, you have anything to do with it anymore. When Lucas. the dobacks like walk by the camera and just obscure mm-hmm. everything when they ride the Moss Eisley, like it looks so dumb. Yeah. I did. I, I didn't have anywhere else to say this. Um, I went to the Walt Disney Museum uh-huh. recently, and then like just for the fuck of it, we rode into um, Lucas Arts. Mm-hmm. Have you been to Luca- the LucasArts campus? Uh, I have been. Uh, they have the theater there. That's where I saw Wreck-It Ralph. But uh, in their uh, in the lobby-ish area, they definitely have like. There's Boba Fett. There's uh, the I, Boba I, Fett costume. Here's a here's a Vader costume. You look at my my some other props. Facebook and see me and Shane running through there. We got a. Um, well, I never got to go to Pixar. You got to go to Pixar. I, I mean, did. You well, got to meet Jeff Garland. I did. I did get to meet. <laughs> uh, but. It, that, that was an interesting it's thing. It's me, so, Jeff Garland. Hey. And, <laughs> well, that was <laughs> I, that was the clippy. Like, we didn't. All right, guys, you get to interview Jeff Garland. Like, we were only here to play the game. We did not <laughs> did not have Jeff Garland questions ready. <laughs> Anybody got any questions? And I, come on, I'm, 
Ask me anything. I'm trying to do my best Jeff Garland. Come on. And like no one's at, uh, was it fun being in toys? Like it was awful. It was awful. And then I think it was uh, Ryan from Ryan from Giant Ryan Bomb. Davis, yeah. He's just like, he just like throws up his hand. What's the difference between being this and curb your enthusiasm? And he just walks, he's walking in the room. He's like, I don't, Toy Story 3, I don't get to say cock. And like, <laughs> I know I said this on Talk Radar more elegantly, but watching PR people just like a fire alarm go off in all their brains at the exact same time. He's standing in front of the like that logo sheet being filmed by the Associated Press and just yelling, cock. Toy <laughs> oh, Story 3, cock. And I think out of all that, I was the only here's where his, Here's where Woody's cock would be. <laughs> They've got the audio of it. And that's uh, what's, what's the story behind that? Like George Lucas did own what now is Pixar... Yeah, lost a shitload on Howard the Duck, which mm-hmm. is fucking irredeemable and not cool and not good. It's a horrible film to watch. Really bad. It's horrible. And, and, and then he sold Pixar. He sold Pixar, but as such, they still to share like a young man named Steve Jobs. They, they share a lot of brass. So like, kind of the only place to see it. It's just I had I had some I knew someone at Pixar for a little while, and I knew mm-hmm. someone at Lucas for a little while, and they just share movies and invite people in. In the Bay Area. And it's beautiful if you can actually get in there. Well, there's only so many, like, aside from those two companies, who else makes films in the Bay Area? But like, I don't think it's it's just that. Uh-huh. Who else is on friendly enough terms, like, with their competition yeah. to yeah. show their films? Hey, check out our shit. Hey, check out our shit. Come over here. No, we'll just send you the film. We'll send it over to you. <laughs> that, well, like, that never yeah. happens. And just the, don't torrent it, please. The depressing thing was, uh, at the Disney Museum, which is fucking great, it's got a I haven't oh, seen it. There's a Yoda fountain too. There's the Yoda fountain there. I have a picture of it. I'll, you know what? Follow me on Twitter or Instagram. C Antisa's an S E E, and I'll put that picture up because I didn't know this. It's all getting torn down and sold. <gasps> uh, uh, I don't even know if that's public knowledge. I was uh, there's an, there's another business in there that the dude is from my hometown, okay. and my sister sent my my parents wanted to go there and meet him. And he told us all about the building. They canned all of LucasArts. Yeah. Uh, well, they did. That that's did that's, happen, that's definitely yeah. public knowledge. And that's what was in a lot of those buildings. Uh, Disney may not need a lot of effects companies. Or a lot... It's like, yeah. they don't need those buildings. But ILM is the best. They're the best it, effects company. If you don't know how ridiculous it is, like when this, the hyper-liberals attack like Nancy Pelosi and shit, it's because they gave George... It's a national park yes, that yeah. couldn't afford to subsidize itself. And Nancy Pelosi's like, well, George Lucas is going to come in here and give us a shitload of money. And he did all this weird shit. None of the grass looks like it belongs. Like, it's this beautiful uh, uh, forest with, like, old military barracks. And then there's this brand new campus with golf turf and fountains <laughs> and pictures yeah. of, like, Mar- uh, it's giant sculptures of Marconi and... Inventor of the radio and uh, Philo Farnsworth, I believe. Uh, inventor of television. Yeah, like there's just, there's those statues everywhere. Uh, I think somebody told me he he moved, George Lucas moved stone by stone a creek from Marin and recreated it over there. Created the, I think the state or city's largest underground parking garage. It is a it, crazy. A crazy I've been in that parking garage. It's a, yeah, like the the top doesn't look like nuts and you get underneath and it's Blade Runner it is a giant <laughs> underground parking garage bigger than the entire complex well the theater and, I watched Wrecker Ralph in was beautiful and, but I just I got really sad and I'm looking around like yep there is nobody here 
<laughs> and LucasArts in the Bay Area is probably gone. Boo-hoo. Well, my story. We are really off topic, but boy, this has been fun. Well, let's read last week's question of the weeks. Are you going to handsome man me? <laughs> what? I just like Wayne's World 2 references. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been great. <laughs> this has been great. So last week's question of the week, and by last week's, I mean two weeks ago. Oh, uh, yeah! Oh, yeah! That's right, Macho Man. Was, uh, what's the funniest comic book you can think of? Mm. And uh, I'm going to go with the first responder here first, which uh, is tradition on the show. Mm-hmm. And that is Stupid Sexy Wild Femme Shep. Uh, there was a panel, he says, there was a panel in Spider-Man, Spider-Men, mm-hmm. about Peter's Nick Fury being white and Ultimate's Nick replying that he's sorry that he's white. <laughs> and that, he says that killed him for some reason. Uh, he also He says he also likes the regular show comic book. Yeah, speaking of funny comics, did you hear the next Hawkeye issue is all about Pizza Dog? No, really? <laughs> yes. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. Ah, that's so great. Uh, let's see here. Soggy Sage, the Joe Kelly era Deadpool was a go-to book for funny. Yeah, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's also with me on the Great Lakes Avengers being very good. Ah, oh, man. That was, that was so funny. The, uh, and uh, let's see here. A little bit lower... Darth Ender X says uh, the entire incredible Hercules run from World War Hulk. That was really great. Hercules and Amadeus Cho mm-hmm. hanging out, him making fun of a dumbass like Hercules. I really like that. And he's a dumbass. Uh, let's see here. Nathan Explosion. Uh, Art Bart uh, Art Bartlesar and Franco's mm-hmm. Tiny Titan series was always funny, he says. Oh, that's funny. Uh, well, it's, He even included a little panel that I'm oh, not going to read here. But thank you, Nathan. Uh, let's see, a little bit lower here. Oh, fuck, this looks funny. The uh, Iron Badger says the Dark Rain arc in Deadpool was really funny, where Bullseye, dressed as yes. Hawkeye, is sent to assassinate Deadpool. <laughs> and then he just the shows this funny panel of Deadpool saying re- with a la- uh, written piece of paper saying, Respawn, LOL. Uh, it looks so funny. Thing. I need to read that one. I have not read I that have. one. I have. It's super funny. <laughs> Well, just the idea of Bullseye trying to kill Deadpool is fucking hilarious to me. Uh, and then one more. Uh, C-I-W-R-S. Mm-hmm. Cures? Queers? Oh, dear. Uh, he says, Scott Pilgrim is probably the funniest book he's ever read. Which uh, I think I agree. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, I don't agree. It's the funniest, but uh, it's very funny. But it, it, I, I do think it utilized the medium of comics to show humor like I've never seen it before. Uh, showcase a new kind of humor. It's evident in the movie, too, but that it translates so well on the page. Like it, it, I, That did have a lot of laugh-out-loud moments, and it wasn't just the fucking references for people who want to call it pandering. Uh-huh. Dave. Uh, no, it was super great. Mm-hmm. Speaking of super, when did Superman could have done some Superman's adaptation. next week, uh, though we won't be talking about Superman until the week after that. i got to stop calling it Superman. I'm hoping we're going to see... Come on, we... Everyone... Everyone who goes to the theater, if I were oh, back Lando in my... Oh, Lando says Scud the Disposable Assassin. If back when I was at... Oh, Scud was the fucking so funny. And it was written by Rob Schrab, mm-hmm. uh, Dan Harmon's writing partner. Yep. Oh, so goddamn good. Or back when he had one. Great Rob, Those game. two broke up. Good yeah. Saturday. Okay, good. Good. <laughs> That's a big qualifier there. Uh, but, yeah, the the super... I, if you... 
if I were a ticket seller like I used to be, mm-hmm. uh, I bet I would know I wouldn't do it. But there would be snotty fellow ticket sellers who people would come up like uh, three for Superman. Like we're not showing Superman here. Uh, so I don't know what you're talking uh, about. Like, uh, excuse me, I believe you should be in the 1979 line. <laughs> Perhaps you mean Man of Steel? Mm. Maybe. Mm, I think you need to return to a blockbuster. Say, <laughs> uh, so yeah, all right, Man of Steel. Man of Steel comes out the 14th Friday of the E3 week, which is a curse. That like you guys, I wasn't at that E3, but everybody else didn't get to see Dark Knight release day because oh, yeah. uh, they were traveling back from E3. And we, yeah, traveling back and then late show. Mm-hmm. I fell asleep during Dark Knight and didn't totally like it. <sighs> yes, it, it was terrible. What it was a terrible. We recorded a podcast, turned it around at like seven o'clock, and then all ran into. You a, guys were very unhappy. It was it was a terrible <laughs> E3. Let's just say. That. I will say. Um, this was before, like, I started writing professionally for, mm-hmm. like, outlets, but, uh, it was probably one of the first two or three threes that I went to for fan sites, so, like, we would, we would bust our butt and write a lot during the day, but, mm-hmm. like, one of the last nights of E3, we all watched, and I, I think it was, uh, episode three. Whoa. Like, at... Like the L.A. Uh, uh-huh. Celebrity Walk or whatever they actually call it. I the the one with the City uh, Ends Chinese Theater. Not that. No, the the one that's the uh, D.W. Griffith recreation that you play in, in oh, L.A. Noir. Oh, the uh, Babylon. Yeah. yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. but that's, that was just a, like, that was a cool thing. Like, did you have fun? But, yeah, yeah. Like it was people that I didn't. I I, I only inter- interacted with them online mm-hmm. for like you know. Those Eleven nice and a half months yeah. during the year. And I'm then... looking forward to meeting some of uh, some of my favorite non-San Francisco employed game writers. Like uh, one time, Cape Crisis guest, and I hope he can come back. Tim Turry. Mm, yes. Also, man, you should if you can just corner Dan Reichert for like 15 minutes. You should record just a Cape yeah. Crisis like or cheap cheap podcast yeah. interview. We have, we have Gab wrestling before. You know, yeah. we were at SummerSlam. That together. was so fun. Yeah. He knows his shit. He was just uh, tweeting about how he says that uh, he says Daniel Bryan is a better wrestler than Chris Benoit and Bret Hart, and and he hasn't murdered anybody. <laughs> Bret Hart didn't murder anyone. Yeah, he murdered his own career. His brother's dead, but that's is, not his his fault. Yeah, he was cursed. Yeah, he had a, he had, but he lived. All right. Everyone surrounding Bret Hart is dead, but question? it's not Bret Hart's fault. Superman is related to the question of the week. Okay. Your favorite Superman moment. Everybody knocks Superman for being lame, out of touch, stupid, uh, I will say, boring. Uh, I have a really difficult time reading Superman comics. I, I, you know, maybe it's proving that I'm getting older and more boring in the same way that I enjoy baseball more than I did oh, seven <laughs> years ago. I'm what enjoying Superman... <laughs> I'm enjoying Sports? Superman more because I think uh, the right person dealing with Superman, his invincibility is not a story point like that that mm-hmm. or an impediment. Like it's it's about the feats of Superman and his humanity. Mark Wade really gets him. Graham Morrison what really gets him. What can I that, that the um what am I reading? You told Well, you read All-Star Superman, didn't you? I did, but those are just like isolated one-shots. That but are reliant, it is Superman. They're reliant on. They're like funny asides that are reliant on your knowledge of Superman. When I, I want mm. to try and dig into like, what is he doing in his real story? And well, that his is comics. all boring yeah. as fuck to me. 
So maybe I'm missing. Yeah. I, I'm catching the wrong arc. I don't know. Well, but I'm done. Di- I've tried over and over again. Mm-hmm. Red Sun, fine. Like, but that's that is what it is. That's not real Superman. I can't get into real Superman. I want a recommendation. Well, I told you, I've I've given you so many, but they're all but all the ones I've enjoyed are se- they're separate universes. They're not in regular continuity. That's what I'm t- I think that's cheating. Well, did you read the action action comics reboot by Grant Morrison? I'm reading it now. That's and a good I do, one. I do, though it's I still very separate. I absolutely enjoy it, but well, so here here's my two of my favorite Superman moments. They're both written by Grant Morrison. Mm-hmm. One is an All Star Superman. And it's uh, this issue called The Twelve Feats of Superman, where he has to do twelve amazing things in one day. Mm-hmm. And during him doing that, like he overhears this uh, this young person named Regan mm-hmm. is on the phone, like in just a background scene, this this doctor is talking to Regan on the phone, like, no, really, I got caught. The, the, the train almost crashed. Like, Superman had to save us. I'm almost there. Please, don't hang up the phone. Hang up. And she hangs up on him. And then it cuts to the next page, like, a very a gothic looking young girl like standing on the ledge like about to kill herself and then superman appears behind her and he says he really was your doctor really was trapped stuck in traffic Regan. he wasn't lying don't worry we're all stronger than we think we are and then he just hugs her it was like such a touching scene i love love that scene so much and then the other one is uh so grant morrison when he was the writer of jla he had to deal with a lot of bullshit in his books that would happen in other people's books. Mm-hmm. Like, Wonder Woman died and was replaced by her mom. Well, then I guess he has to write Wonder Woman's mom. <laughs> the, the Flash got trapped in the Speed Force and got and came back as an old as an older version of himself. Well, great. Then I guess he's a member of the Justice League now. But one of the worst ones he had to deal with was when they're like, "Well, what if Superman had electric powers and wasn't Superman anymore?" And so they dealt, they created that. And Grant Morrison, they just handed it to Grant Morrison, and he had written a whole story where, like, it, as he conceived it, Superman, uh, like, a demon is using magic to try to push the moon into the Earth. Mm-hmm. And it, regular Superman was just written to push back and stop the moon from hitting the Earth. But he couldn't do that anymore because this new electric Superman couldn't actually touch anything in his mm-hmm. super form. And so... Grab Morrison being the crazy person he is, he came up with the idea that Superman uses his electric powers and then plants steel rods into the moon, electrifies those steel rods to create electromagnetics to create opposite poles to the Earth, which pushes it away from the Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just such a cool <laughs> fix. Like, very sci-fi, very much in the DC style of science fiction, leaning toward science fiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just so good. I really, I really love that moment. It's so, it's such a classic Superman moment when he's looking his unclassic and stupid. Uh, Dave, do you have any? Well, this could be from. It doesn't have to be from a comic either. This can be from other media. Well, I'm gonna go with a comic, and I, it might be something that's like it's better in my memory than it was in real life. Or All right, reading because I don't know if it's actually been collected, but like. A year or so after the the death of Superman, yeah, storyline, which you know kind of got me into comics, but well, was also super overwrought and took like way too long to. They really dragged it out. Uh, like a year, year and a half or so after, they did a death of Clark Kent storyline, mm-hmm. which was about uh, 
a villain named Conduit who knew this was about zero hour issues. They like they were in the zero issues of Superman. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, and yeah, it was just about someone who knew Superman's secret identity and used it to blackmail uh, Clark Kent into disappearing. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah, basically Superman on the lam, and it worked for me. It was a very it was a short storyline, which was mm-hmm. why I was able to like really see it through to conclusion, and, and I liked it. And it was different. From the death of Superman storyline, in that it felt like there was consistent art throughout the death of Superman storyline, which is good in some regards. But also, I remember seeing this a year later and just seeing way different, like visual interpretations. Well, it's a different artists each week, like so yes. each chapter. So, yeah. yeah. So it, it, yeah, like in that regard, it like it allowed me to see Superman in different, just different interpretations of the character and that, and that worked for me and it was like yeah it's a shorter storyline but you also got to see superman interpreted various different ways yeah i dug yeah. it i enjoyed it too but i don't know if you can get the collection anywhere no i think there's i think they put out a massive collection of like every superman death of superman issue there oh but for the this is death of clark kent death of clark kent yeah actually no i don't think they did collect that Alright, Chris, do you have any though? Or... Um, not at the moment. I was trying yeah. to think of my plugs. Yeah. Alright, well, I'm sure you listeners out there have some moments <laughs> you'd like to share. Hey. And that's what. Where can you share it? I'll <laughs> tell ya! <laughs> on lasertimepodcast.com, there's a link to the forums on the left, upper left side of the page. Go into comic discussion, and you'll see the, uh, the uh, forum page <laughs> there to click on, and you can reply. Please do, guys. We love it when you do. You know what I did just buy? What? Is, uh, well, not just buy, but I bought it on a free comic book day. Uh-huh. It was a Superman Birthright. That's a great book. That I like that a lot. And I felt like it was fate. Like I was looking through the shelves, and I picked it off, and there's a quote on the back from GamePro.com. <laughs> so I, so one of my coworkers wow. wrote something like offhandedly. Was it and, tell? Was it the, no. Okay. Uh, no, I don't think. <laughs> um, look, I think uh, if you read that ahead of time, I think you'll find. I am betting that the Man of Steel rips off, uh, rips off, but takes a few scenes from that. Like, yes, which uh, well, the stuff like that sort of hurt my first, not later <laughs> viewings, but kind of hurt my first viewing of The Dark Knight because I was like, well, that's a scene from Long Halloween. That's a yeah. scene from Dark Knight Returns. That's a well, the same issue of Entertainment Weekly that that recommended maximum minimum wage uh, also had a list of Superman comics you should read ahead of time for Man of Steel, Man of Steel yes. and that was one of them. All right. Well, anyway, yeah. Answering the forums, guys. Well, now for the, this has been an ex, a little bit longer of an episode to make what? up for missing last week. Uh, Sorry again, guys. Make up for missing next week. And for <laughs> missing next week. But hey, you know what? I'll to, as part of plugs. Not only was I on a cheap podcast this week, or will be, or was that posted? This or? will be up before this is up. Okay. Well, I was on a cheap podcast this week. We talked about TNA, the wrestling guys. Mm-hmm. Your mind's out of the gutter. And if you want to hear me next week, I have a feeling you'll hear me a lot on GamesRadar.com talking about E3. So why not go there and read that? Mm-hmm. If you, you know, or listen, hear my voice if you miss it. If you need my voice to help you go to sleep <laughs> just at night to turn it on and not off you to are. my wonderful <laughs> sleep-inducing voice you that's are this so Sarah's, relaxing. You are the Sarah's Garrison Keeler. <laughs> <laughs> on the old pond. Oh. Uh, 
Chris? Well, no. Plug a little bit. I just don't get to use my Garrison Keillor very much. Uh, uh, <laughs> and that al- alter ego grew up to be. <laughs> all the women are strong. <laughs> the men are good looking. Anyway, uh, uh, I'm depressed. Granddaddy's Biscuits. Depressed. Biscuits. Uh, I like when Garrison Keillor gets slightly upbeat for the fake commercials. Like, Papio Daddy's Biscuits. It's a billion Papio Daddy's Biscuits. <laughs> Beleaguered with goodness. That's the other one. He does a catch-up ad, too, doesn't catch he? Catch-up. D- uh, that show is ending, too. What? Yeah, well, Garrison Keillor's pretty... About time. It doesn't matter. His show is fine. He's set for life. You already got to see the finale in the film. Me, anyway. on the other hand, I'm depressed because Laser Time did not get a lot of comments. So I want you... Uh, the, 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 the kids' game show stuff focusing mostly on Guts, Double Dare, and Legends of the Hidden Temple. Fuck faces. Where's the love? Yeah. Go to lasertimepodcast.com. Look at that gif I made yeah, of the fucking closing still of every Nickelodeon game show. It's like the coolest thing that's ever happened. It's You're all the, fucking mean. I think it's the only laser time art that's ever been a gift. It might, yeah, it might be. I, I don't know. I feel like I wanted to do it before, but I don't know if I ever did. But this one definitely is, and it's gorgeous. And I want to get more people viewing the show. So please listen to Laser Time. Tell a friend. All, all of our shows could use your rates and reviews. And uh, Brett Elson just put up his massive. I didn't know he was going to go all out with this, but his uh, um, Star Trek. Recommended Star Trek The Next Generation viewing order had he only the ability to pick two episodes per season that you could watch out of order. Like, you don't have you don't have to watch no any back, other episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think he just says, understanding, you probably if you've seen First Contact and you know what the Borg is, uh, watch these episodes. And it's fucking massive. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's bred at his best, and I'm, I'm glad he did it. And that's on lasertimepodcast.com. And uh, we alluded to it a little there, right? The cheap podcast? Yeah, the TNA episode. It was so much fun. Yes. I did not expect to enjoy watching uh, Slammiversary as much as I did. (laughs) It's way better than WWE. I missed Uh, watching... uh, I don't agree with that. Uh, We'll settle this on cheap podcast. But I missed watching Kurt Angle wrestle. And I wish he'd come back and wrestle Dave. I would not. Oh, anyway... So until next time, everybody, and by next time I mean June 20th, <laughs> uh, Excelsior! Uh, Excelsior!